because you're gonna have moments where you stub your toe. You're gonna have situations that are um, gonna challenge you and, and you're gonna fail. And it's not a straight line, it's not a linear path. It's kind of up and down like the S&P 500, but it's, it's not a straight line. The sooner you can accept that and just keep plugging away, the, the better it's going to be for you health-wise. Let us help you reach your peak in retirement. It's time for Your Retirement Elevated. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Your Retirement Elevated. I'm Walter Storholt alongside the co-founder and managing partner of Elevated Retirement Group, Scott Dugan, serving you throughout the Kansas City metro area, but also with clients all across the country. You can find us online by going to listentoscott.com. And we've got a special guest joining us on today's episode. Scott, today is one of those shows where we take it beyond just the finances when we're talking about retirement. I'm excited for uh, who you've lined up for us today. I am as well. It's been a long time coming, and uh, the stars align, so uh, we're very fortunate to have uh, Michael Rutherford joining us today. And uh, Coach hey. Rutt, I understand, is the best way to, uh, to introduce you and to, uh, and, and to chat with you. Coach, thanks for being with us. It's my pleasure. I, I really enjoy doing this and sharing and possibly leaving people with some ideas moving forward. Sounds great. And, and so everybody kind of give a little background and, like I say, we're going to go, we're going to call Coach Rutt or Rutt from here on out. But his given name is Michael Rutherford. It sounds very noble and regal. Uh, but Coach Rutt has over a quarter century of fitness coaching experience. Uh, he's worked with competitors from the ranks of international, Olympic, collegiate, high school, middle school, elementary. Uh, I know, Coach, though, you've got had some clients this year. Uh, they were up there in, in their maturity. How old were they, the folks you were working with? Yeah, I've got uh, the, the two oldest uh, clients are uh, 80 and 81 mm -hmm. and uh, living in an assisted living facility. So that, that's kind of the top age group demographic. Um, mm -hmm. I also have a, a, a smaller group workout with uh, half a dozen folks that are in their 70s and have, you know, are dealing with some, some issues um, age related. But then... Uh, get down into, I also worked with a high school freshman for a short period of time in preparation for um, the, the fall volleyball season. Gotcha. So, so your experience, you know, helping coach and train people spans, you know, obviously different age groups. And just for some listeners, you may or may not know the term CrossFit. Uh, it was a very popular term. It's still very popular out there in the world, but you were in that whole lexicon of CrossFit, you were one of the main guys, and I think believe the number four CrossFit gym ever. Is that correct? So for sure, in the first ten, they used to kind of rank that, and that was kind of a dynamic uh, in and out sort of scenario. But definitely in the first ten affiliates, there was not a franchising option, but they chose to just license the the name when they did that. Um, and that happened in 2004. Okay. So that's, that was a while ago. <laughs> Time flies. And I think yeah. one of the reasons that we wanted to, you know, chat today is, you know, we've known each other quite a long time. Uh, we're very fortunate to have worked in, with you, but also we're very fortunate you're, uh, you work with us on the, on the financial planning side. And I think there's, 
there's a lot of similarities between planning for, you know, a successful retirement. You know, we talk about the dollars and cents of it, the cash flow part of it, you know, how to save on taxes, the investments, all those things. But without the health and longevity to enjoy it, having all the money in the world isn't worth anything if you don't have your health. And I think in our society, we spend a majority of our first parts of our life chasing money and success. And the latter half, if we were fortunate enough to get it, we're trying to chase our health and try to get it back because of what we may have sacrificed along the way. I don't know if you've you know, seen that happen in your years of coaching, but it, it seems prevalent uh, with some folks that I've, I've dealt with over the last 20 years. Yeah, that's very true. I, I, I used to say that all the time that you know we spend the first half of our life gaining wealth and then the last half of our life trying to regain our health because we we don't prioritize correctly and I think one of my favorite books was uh, The Millionaire Next Door. Oh, sure. And, I, and uh, it really what was crystal clear at that time uh, was that, you know, the, the power of compounding. If you're consistent with your, your fiscal management, if you know, if you live below your means and you're consistent with your savings and your investments and hopefully get some guidance and some good luck, um, then you'll you'll have you'll have some money at the end, at the end of the day where you don't you don't have to go to work as much or work as hard and and it's really the same way with your health and your fitness and you know that's hard that's hard for some people to understand cuz it can be overwhelming for a lot of people when they look at like uh, improving their health or you know gaining more fitness or if you can just be consistent over time you'll have what uh one of my favorite authors um calls the slight edge you know, it's things that are easy to do, but are not e- are easy not to do. Healthy practices, you know, exercising, those things are easy to do, but but they're also easy to not do. And mm-hmm. um, it's creating a habit so that, hey, not only are you healthy at the end of the of your of your working life or your professional life, you may even go into some another practice, but you also have the financial health to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So, and I think the the parallels, you know, with what we try to always make sure that our clients are making emotion, you know, emotion free, logical, fact based decisions. We call it, you know, with, without a lot of myths and misunderstandings and misconceptions. And I, I'd like to get your take on it, but it seems like that world of health and fitness is fraught with misinformation, misunderstandings, uh, just the, you know, the things that it seems like a lot of people are frustrated with. There's so many options to, to follow out there, so many voices, and they're all saying that they're the one. And I think to your point, sometimes just the idea of getting started on one thing can be overwhelming because how do you distill it down? How do you get focused on you know, the thing that's right for you. So I'm curious to see, you know, when you're dealing with, because you have people that come to you and say, you know, hey, I'm, I'm looking to make a change. And maybe I'll back it up. What usually, when somebody comes to you and says, hey, I've, I've got to make some changes, what usually is going through their mind or what's happened that pushes them to look at making a change? Well, I, I've had an opportunity to work um, in, in hospital wellness and I've, I've been in rehab, a cardiac rehab environment. And 
there's something that impacted me very profoundly early on. And it, and it was that like fear is not necessarily a great motivator. And these people didn't get a diagnosis of cancer, but you know, if they had open heart surgery or they had bypass surgery. And even though that would seem like something that would be a catalyst for change, it didn't, it didn't always work out that way. People are more inclined to change for performance. They're more inclined to change for vanity, you know, just look better. So the big leverage really comes when you're just really just disgusted and, you know, you've kind of had it. The problem becomes or the challenge becomes, how do I organize this? How do I approach it? And that's where uh, a good coach can step in and help you prioritize and not get overwhelmed with things. It's not a, we're, we're an immediate gratification society in a lot of ways. Um, but the people that can look at it with a longer range view are usually going to be a little bit more successful. People that, you know, are, are able to, to delay gratification, people that are going to be able to exercise integrity in the moment of choice, because you're going to be surrounded by opportunities to sabotage your plan. So with a good coach, some structure, some slow introduction of concepts, um, reinforcement of what you're doing through assessment, those are the kind of things that just trickling along and over time can lead to a successful change. And I always tell people that, you know, you, you can't look at this as a, as a four-week situation. The real measure of, of improvement, the real measure of change, the barometer is really where are you? one year from the day you stepped into a gym or you stepped into a situation where you started to, to exercise consistently, um, to eat consistently, how did you go through that year to get where you're at now? Because you're going to have moments where you stub your toe. You're going to have situations that are um, going to challenge you and, and you're going to fail. And it's not a straight line. It's not a linear path. It's kind of up and down like the S&P 500, but it's, it's not a straight line. And, right. and if, the sooner you can accept that and just keep plugging away, the, the better it's going to be for you health-wise. Don't look at it as a punishment. Learn to enjoy certain parts about it. That's sort of uh, a synopsis of you know, how the whole view of it needs, needs to occur. Right. I think you reminded me of one of the, a great quote that said, let's first be consistent and then let's be heroic. And, yeah. and you know, that you said that compounding and when people are, you know, that have been good savers and been diligent, that's the real key in financial planning is those habits that let you save a certain part of your paycheck that allows you to defer purchases or things that would make you, you know, be gratifying in the short term. You know, those are all the key ingredients that when someone comes to me in their, you know, 50s, 60s, and they've saved money for retirement, it was years and years of compounding those small habits. And those habits are easy in the mind. They're simple, but most people don't do them or the average 65-year-old couple wouldn't have around $100,000 saved for retirement. Mm-hmm. And I think you're spot on there that looking at this as, you know, what's, what's the objective and having quantifiable goals and just like a financial plan, 
you said, Hey, you're going to stub your toe when you're, when you're on that road to health and wellness. You know, I say this all the time, your financial plan year by years, some years it's going to be right on track. Some years it's going to be behind schedule and some years are going to be ahead of schedule. But as long as those guardrails that we have set up, we've got to be in between those guardrails. And so I imagine when you're coaching someone, you're really trying to set those expectations, you know, to make sure that they mentally can navigate, you know, hey, there's a, there's donuts, you know, at work on Friday, you know, that there's happy hour on Wednesday, you know, you got to be prepared for those things, I would assume. Absolutely. And, you know, it's not uncommon for one of my athletes to come to me and have that exact same presentation, you know, the holidays. Well, I got this office party, you know, people will say, well, I got this office party on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, like, you know, how do I do it? Okay, well, we're not going to not go and we're not going to be antisocial. So let's go ahead and enjoy it. But let's prepare for that evening event doing these kinds of things. Let's drink mm -hmm. more water. Let's make sure we get our protein in. Let's make sure we get in it, get our workout in um, and set ourselves up in the best possible way to go there. And then, you know, don't turn it ugly, but at the same time, go ahead and enjoy yourself. Be social. Don't just stand in the corner, birthday parties, you know, weddings, <laughs> all those kinds of things. They're going to come up in your calendar and, and you want to be able to do it, but you don't want to totally punt. It's not a black and white scenario. Mm -hmm. um, you know, let's kind of skirt around it. And then the next day is a new day. You know, right. we'll, we'll build a, get back, we'll get back a hundred percent on track. Get through it. And obviously you have coached and coached you know, multi multitude of different ages. And obviously the, the second half playbook of life, which is a great title, uh, will, will give everybody a kind of a hint. I believe you're approaching that second half of life. I think we can make that assumption safely. My friend, Six. uh, my friend, Mike Bergner says I'm officially a geezer. So <laughs> I'm there. Well, you're you're one of the uh, most active and fit geezers that I that I know. So congratulations there. But as you were putting those things together, and I encourage anybody listening, you know, just Google Coach Rut and you know Michael Rut. You'll you'll come up with a bunch of stuff. You got a great website um, that you can follow along. Is that CoachRut.com? Mm -hmm. But when you mm -hmm. kind of started gathering that information, can I assume that part of that was to help you in your pursuit in this chapter of life and also maybe to help other people? Is that what was kind of the genesis of putting that together? I didn't know how much it was helping me prepare for it, but I knew that there would be lessons along the way that it's undeniable that, you know, your body's going to change, you know, connective tissue, contractile tissue, organs, those things are going to be subjected to the wears and tears of life. The you're going to have hail damage. You may or you may not be able to do what you did when you were, you know, 35 years old. I, I'm always, I'm always amused when somebody tells me they're they've turned 35 and now they're a master's athlete or they're turned 40 and I was like, you have no idea really <laughs> what what's ahead for you. But I mean, I think it's a dangerous mental state to have to think of yourself as being old because in a lot of ways age has an advantage in that you have experience and if you've been paying attention you can use that experience when you're 61 years old 
in how you're going to do your workout or how you're going to approach your nutrition because you know you might be able to eat a certain way when you're 30 and 30 years later that's a complete that looks a lot different mm-hmm. for a number of reasons so when i started it it was not necessarily for me it was to share uh philosophies and um concepts that i believe are really important to get the most out of the last you know the, the second half of your life gotcha. and i think that's a great springboard you know if someone's listening more likely if someone's listening to the podcast they're probably 50 or above because that's our clientele but if someone is listening and is i think maybe two camps if they're let's say they were active in the past but have been somewhat inactive uh, mm-hmm. what advice would you give them to at least start getting on to the right path? Well, sort of going back to a little bit earlier, I think it's important to look at it as a long-term project. It's like using a slow cooker, you know? It's not a frying pan. You're not in and out. And if you think you're going to get away with just like a shortcut, that's always going to blow up in your face. Um, this, this is a longer term project. This is about changing habits and our habits. I'd like to say you make your habits or your habits make you, you're going to have habits that are really bad and dark places. And you don't really get rid of those. You just learn new habits. Um, one of my favorite books on habits is called the atomic habits uh, by James clear. And he, he has very good information, actionable information on how to change habits. And one of my favorite ones is creating friction. And so if you have a bad habit and you know at the end of the day you come into the house and you immediately get into chips or things like that, well, first thing you want to do is not even have those. If there's other people in your house that are younger and they're permitted to have chips, then maybe the chips are in a place in the basement that are hard to get to. And that creates greater friction for you to go get those. On the other side of the coin, to create less friction so that you have a healthy breakfast, so that you'll cook some eggs with vegetables in it, you always have the skillet on the stove. You always have the eggs in the refrigerator. And it's going to be slow and it needs to, you need to have that mentality about it. So I always like to have some form of assessment on the front end of things. And you can look all over the internet. You can find assessments for your strength. You can find an assessment for cardiovascular health. Um, If you go to your physician, I think it's important to have a handle on what your um, some under the hood kind of diagnostics from looking at blood lipids, looking at, thyroid function, liver function, um, sex hormones, glucose, possibly insulin. Uh, those, those are very important data. Uh, that's very important data that you should have a handle on. Your vitals, like your resting pulse, your blood pressure, those all factor into it. And then, you know, you can do the vanity things where you find out really what your body composition looks like, how much extra body fat you might have that would not be um, beneficial you know, those are the kinds of things that could help you as a concrete. I like numbers. I'm a number person. So I like to see numbers change, either weight going down, muscle going on, inches coming off the pants, 
you know, things like that, I, I think those can be very motivating. And you can even set up your own reward system for that as well. So that's kind of the launching pad. And then, you know, you kind of have a framework or a template um, for how many days a week you're going to do something. You know, it, it should have, you know, you should, should be working to build strength as you get older because losing lean body mass or losing muscle, which is going to happen naturally, sets us up for, for other kinds of issues. Say you have a knee, a knee that doesn't feel that good. So you've kind of avoided doing anything to strengthen your legs. Well, you're going to have to find a way to, to help strengthen your legs. Sarcopenia is one of the big things that happens to folks as they get older. And then we don't regulate glucose. We don't move as well. So that, and then some conditioning, cardiovascular conditioning, you know, you can do indirect assessments with some high tech tools that are available, like from polar, I use the Morpheus system from eight weeks out and I recommend it. So you can also measure your heart rate variability. So that's an indirect measure of, of your cardiovascular health, your, um, the health of your autonomic nervous system. Just kind of putting a, your toolkit together. Um, there's th- lots of resources on the internet for sure. Like it's unbelievable how much stuff is out there. It can be overwhelming and that's where a coach can help you kind of distill it down into to what would work best and most efficiently, but it should be a long-term project. Got it. And I think there's some similarities there where you talk about that, assess where you are. And same thing with financial planning. When something comes into us, we do an evaluation, which we look at all the vitals of their financial picture. And then and only then can we chart a course going forward. And it sounds like that's you're saying, hey, if you come to the point where change is what you desire, it's taking a realistic look of where are you from a health and wellness. And it sounds like we probably want to, just like in financial planning, we probably want to involve a team, you know, your physician to get your you know blood work and your tests. And you may want to have you know a fitness professional, a coach, uh, a trainer that is there to help guide you through that process to, to say, you know, there's a million things out there, but let's focus on these handful of things. And I think that's what people are really wanting when they, they want to have better health and fitness is they probably want to feel better. They probably want to look better. They probably want to move better. You know, those, Mm -hmm. those are important, important things, uh, but there's got to be some catalyst to get us going to, you know, on, on that path. And, you know, I've got clients that are, uh, lifelong exercisers and mm-hmm. for the most part, they, that's one of the first things they do within the first hour of their day, you know, is do their chosen. I've got people that are, that run marathons. I've got people that walk and have walked every day for 30 years, you know, five miles, I've got people that like to lift weights. I've got people that do extreme type of things and all that range. But I think it really comes down to it's something that's important to them. It's something they enjoy doing. It gives them a sense of purpose and accomplishment. And it hopefully helps them move them closer to the goals that are important to them. And I think that's kind of life in general is we want to figure out how to get closer to what we really want. And how do we avoid the things that are detrimental to us? There's a lot of similarities, like I said, between investments and financial planning and and fitness and health is 
it's getting clarity on what you want and develop a path to get you closer to that and always be flexible enough to tweak that plan because you're going to run into obstacles, you know, to, along the way. But, uh, you know, as, and as we kind of bring things into to full circle here, you know, we talked about, you know, if someone is try, is stuck, uh, it sounds like that that's that first thing. But if we talk about, you know, as we age, I don't know, you, you may have some advice because you obviously have dealt with, you've been training some 70 plus year old clients some in their 80s. What are some of the key, well, I call them keystone or cornerstone habits that you see across the board with people that make fitness a lifelong quest or habit? Are there, are there a handful of things that you would say are consistent along the way with, with people that are that enjoy it and they just show up, you know, they chop wood, bale water and do it every day? Yeah, I mean, the first thing is, is there's this confusion between motivation and discipline. So I, I liken it to a track and field event where you have the starter at the starting line and he's he's motivation but as soon as he fires that starting gun his job's over and the real work then is discipline is having the discipline to do it you know it's like flossing your teeth you know you do it every day it's it's more fun to eat french fries but it's a whole lot healthier to eat broccoli and if you'll just do that a little bit that compounds for you I like to look at the habits. I, I look at the pyramid, um, and at the bottom of the pyramid, the most important, the most important step in anybody's health, or their fitness, and or, and or their performance. And there's tons of literature out there. Is is sleep? I, I'm shocked at how many people have really bad sleep habits, and they live that way for a long time. I'm almost a hundred percent comfortable in saying that. Anybody in my age bracket or over 50 should probably have a sleep study done. It's very, it's very non-invasive. You can do it at your house. You don't have to go anywhere. You can collect data because there are about, I think, 25 to 40 million Americans that have sleep apnea that's been undiagnosed. And as soon as you can start sleeping quality time, and I'm, I used to think I could sleep, I could get by on seven hours of sleep a night. But as soon as I figured out a whole bunch of problems, like my mattress, the temperature of my room, um, the kind of sheets that I would sleep in, um, whether I would have wine with dinner or not, those kind of things were disrupting my sleep. And so everybody needs to figure out what their optimal sleep is. Hold a sleep camp, chart everything down, try to figure out the quality of your sleep. Be regular with your sleep. If you don't do that, that basically is aging. That is aging right away. If you want to know what old age feels like, sleep four hours a night for seven days and then tell me how you feel. <laughs> so that's number one is you got to fix your sleep. Number two would be you have to dial in your nutrition. You have to dial in your nutrition from the standpoint of body composition, but also in terms of micronutrients. You know, your, your quote unquote, your vitamins. People ask me all the time, way down the road about how, what's the best way to, to lose body fat. And I always say, don't get fat to start with because it is hard. 
it's very intensive. And if you get too far out of range, then, then it's going to be a lot of work. Um, so that's the next layer of the pyramid is find out what promotes recovery, what provides micronutrient nutrition, but does not have the, the downside of, of adding extra fat to your body because that's more wear and tear on your joints as you get older. From that, then I probably, then I go into what I do all the time. And that is to help people with their training, physical training, that cardiovascular conditioning and the strength training. I like to use the, what I call two by two by two. And that's two days of strength training, two days of high intensity conditioning, and then two days of low intensity conditioning. And if you can run that template for a year, you won't even recognize who you are. Um, but also this, that goes with that is some mobility to make sure that, you know, we're the parts of your body that are getting tighter. Are we working to improve that so that you can, you, you actually move better. There's actually was a somebody it's, it's, it's not a European country, but I think it was backed up by the university of Maryland, but it's, it's called the sit rise test. And you basically, you don't have any furniture around you and you sit with your legs folded onto the ground. If you can stand up from that without putting any other limbs on the ground, that's a perfect score of 10. And then for every limb you have to touch to the ground other than your rear end and your legs is a one point deduction. So there was some type of mortality link to that, but that's a very revealing aspect to your mobility. And I have, I actually have my older folks do simple things like just get down and get up, get down and get up. And they're out of breath sometimes after doing that 10 times. And I just said, you know, if you fall down, you want to be able to get up. And if you don't fall down correctly, you, you know, you're going to have a broken limb and, and something that, you know, it's going to, going to slow you down. That that's kind of like a, a good, good start. The final piece on a pyramid would probably be um, some type of reoccurring social interaction or some types of, you know, meditation or having a, you know, an awareness of the, the moment that you're in and that to slow down um, what's going on in the world around us. It's, you know, we've definitely had the challenging 2020 with everything. <laughs> that's um, an understatement. I, you know, I think that's, yeah, it's taken, it's taken its toll on a lot of folks. For sure, um, but that would that would be kind of the final piece of, of my pyramid. Gotcha. And habits so, that you know people that are successful with it. And so it sounds like that sleep, and I can one hundred percent back you up on the sleep. Uh, I was reluctant to get a sleep study, and I finally did, and found out I had sleep apnea. That was the turning point for me. I did not realize how much effort it took just to get through life being tired. And I probably hadn't had a good night's sleep in 10 years. Mm -hmm. And I've had one, one night since December of 2016, I have not been able to use my machine and mm -hmm. it was awful because we had a power outage. And mm -hmm. so I agree because if you can sleep and recover, you just feel so much better and have energy and clarity in, in your head. And I think you're right. If you, if you can get that part fixed, then you've got energy to think about, well, what am I stuffing in my face? 
You know, mm-hmm. what am I eating? Because if you're tired and lethargic, then you're probably going to reach for things that don't get you closer to your goals. And they're things right. that are, you know, more stimulants and sugar and just to give you that jolt to just make it through life. And so it says, like you said, it's at sleep, nutrition, and then it's that strength and conditioning, which means yeah, movement. Yeah. And movement. So yeah. get, get stronger, get so you can have more stamina right. and mobility is so you can move around better. Right. right. And if you and, do the right kind of strength training, it, it promotes mobility. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so, so what you're saying is we're trying to, you're advocating doing things that make you more effective in daily life. Right. Exactly. I have a, a habit of, I started during the, the COVID lockdown because I wasn't able to train my clients for the most part. And I got into the habit of dragging a sled, which is weight um, that increases the resistance. It's very, very potent stimulus for building the, the backside of your body. And a couple of guys said, what are you training for? And I said, I'm training for life. And they looked at me and, and then they, they said, well, I want some of that. Do I have to drag a sled? <laughs> I said, not necessarily, but it won't hurt. So yeah, I mean, this is, you know, you're training to, you're training to, to do the things we should be able to do. If you train right, you're kind of like a Swiss army knife. You got, you're ready for a lot of different things. You can do a lot of different things. If you're reliant and dependent on somebody else, you, you, you know, in my opinion, you lost your independence. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody has to come in and move your cat litter or move your, your lawn mulch around or cut, cut your grass. Cause you can't, I mean, if it's a choice, that's one thing, but if you can't, that's a completely different thing. And I, and I, and I think to truly be independent, you have to have those kind of qualities. Mm-hmm. And it, I think that is, I think we can wrap it up with this, that, you know, when we've got you know, in getting close to retirement in retirement, we focus a lot on the financial side of it. You know, the cash flow, can we can we do the things that we want to do from an experience standpoint? And and that's fueled by cash, you know, and, and savings, things like that. Mm-hmm. And I think not enough thought is spent on, you know, how do we keep the machine going so we can thoroughly enjoy it? You know, we, we don't want this slow agonizing decline throughout retirement and I think you shared it with me. It's, it's kind of a, you don't want this downhill slope in life. You want right. to keep that plateaued as long as you can and want to go off the edge quickly. Uh, right, right. That was, a, that was based on some work they did in Canada where they just introduced the, you know, folks as they were getting older past 50, they just introduced some very doable lifestyle related changes. And instead of having this declining curve, um, this path from, you know, reading left to right where it goes down, we flattened it out. I hate to say flatten the curve. That almost <laughs> sounds like I'm stealing somebody's line. But that's basically what we're trying to do is we're trying to move a flat line. So instead of uh, we live long and die short, basically. Right. And we don't have to go through a bunch of agony. And it's very hard for me to see that. I see people that I, I care about and I've known for a long time. And I, and I right in front of your eyes, you see them you know, declining a little bit mm-hmm. more rapidly than they should be. Right. So there's, there's all, 
there's just tons and tons of evidence. It's pretty simple. Anything from cognitive function to, to movement to do, do things. It's, exercise is a, is a very potent pill. It's just unbelievable. Look, you can, they don't have it in a bottle yet. Everybody wants it in a bottle or they don't have to do it, but they don't have it. And they're, they're a long ways away. Yeah, definitely. And I think it, one thing that makes me somewhat hopeful is, and we talked about this earlier is that, you know, prior to you know, the, the shutdown, people always remark, I'm just so busy. Or they would say, well, I'm going to keep the short. I know you're busy. And <laughs> yeah. we've talked about this, you know, busy is a choice. And people are always saying, well, I, I wish things would just slow down so I could do more of the things that I, I want to do. Well, you got your wish in 2020 because everything yeah. slowed down. And yep. I, I hope that this trend of seeing people walk, you know, on the trails, around the, the lakes, around the city, just, just you know, people being more active. Uh, you and I both know you can't get a piece of equipment for your garage gym you know, within four to six weeks. So obviously that's been popular. Um, but I hope that, you know, people are maybe taking a, taking more stock in that part of their life and make, you know, hopefully making some positive choices to get them closer to where they want to be. And I, and I think you're, I hope people take away today, maybe we got into some technical sides of things on just a few things, but like you said, if you can just sleep better, if you would just take a walk, if you could maybe start to modify the things that are around you in your cupboards, in your house, I think those are all real positive changes that aren't heroic, that are doable, that if we have success with those, those become habits, those help galvanize your discipline, and those help propel you and, and make you better in, in every part of your life. And so I think that's why I wanted to bring you on to, for people to understand that, you know, this is extremely important. And I, from personal experience, it, I fall off the wagon, get back on the wagon. And, and I know I'm not alone. And so I hope this inspires some people or at least gets them to start thinking about, you know, are they able to do the things they want to do? And, you know, or more importantly, how do they get to where they want to be uh, from a health and fitness standpoint so they can maximize their retirement years? And, yeah, and really I, enjoy I think it. the more complicated you make it, the harder it's going to be. So start with really small changes, really small changes. And yep. if you make it too complicated, if you make it too gigantic, it's not going to happen. You eat an elephant one bite at a time. Right. And again, it's where are you one year from when you make the commitment to start? Where are gotcha. you? Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I, I appreciate you coming on today uh, and, and giving some of your you know, two and a half, almost three decades worth of advice and wisdom of trying to get people to, to move better, get them stronger and enjoy their lives more. And so for everybody that was on the pot, you know, listen to the podcast, uh, obviously they can find you at coachrut.com. And I'm sure they can find you at all social media outlets. I know you've got a wealth of, of content published out there on the interwebs, uh, easy to find. And then, like I said, I know through your website, uh, you've got ways people can engage you, uh, mm -hmm. in your process, how you work with. So I highly encourage if that's up your alley, uh, definitely reach out to uh, coach rut and see if he can give you a hand. It's coach rut on Twitter, coach rut on Facebook and coach rut on Instagram. And that's, that's plenty. 
that, that they'll be able to find and and if you can't find him there send me an email and i'll connect you <laughs> how about that so but uh, well walter you did a fantastic job of opening up this uh, <laughs> podcast and i'm going to let you do a fantastic job of closing it oh, fantastic. because we just we capitalize the entire time so nah, you guys are uh, great so again, Coach Wright, I appreciate you being on today, and uh, hopefully we can impart some wisdom to our listeners. I enjoyed it. I really do appreciate it. As I had questions on my mind throughout the show, you were asking them, Scott, so great job. Uh, fantastic. And again, that's CoachRutt.com if you want to get more information on Michael Rutherford. Or again, uh, Coach Rutt uh, is the way that we like to, to call him on the show, and the, by he goes by, really. And you can find all sorts of great resources there on his website. And again, you can reach out on social media, too. What we'll do, if you look in the description of today's show, we will link out to all of those resources that we mentioned just to make life easy on you. So just just check the show notes or the description section wherever you're listening to today's show, and you'll find all of Coach Rutt's information and uh, ways to get in touch there and more resources to check out. Well, there you have it. Another edition of the podcast in the books for Coach Rutt, Scott Dugan. I'm Walter Storholt. We'll talk to you next time right back here on Your Retirement Elevated. Investment advisory services offered through Elevated Capital Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor.